Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we were actually paid to talk about Fremantle this week. <laughs> so the opposite of hush money. Yeah, it's essentially the opposite of hush money. Uh, Fremantle are actually going to make a loss on the, on the year probably from the amount that they're paying people to either talk about them or, or not, not talk, talk about them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Carlton's not going to be very grateful for uh, this money though. Everyone's talking about what a job Fremantle did on Carlton uh, on the it, weekend. It was... We, we do highlights at the start of every show. That was definitely a low light. I think that's an understatement too. Normally I like enjoy Carlton not doing so well, but even that was like, okay, no, now you're just like, he's he's dead. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you don't need to do that anymore. Anyways, did you have any highlight for the week, Cruiser? Yeah, love him or hate him. Uh, Sicily, what a man. What a game. Not, well, not, not, not what a man, I'm sorry. Oh, He's, wow. Yeah. Okay. Going in early on the, on the Sicily great, attempts. Great player. Not a great man. That's true. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm on the Sicily player bandwagon. Yep. I'm officially on board. I've been pestered by my brother every week that he's amazing, going to be all Australian. And just this week, he proved it to me. Three goals, apparently from outside 50. Uh, it was a combined total of 150 metres yep. um, kick uh, for three goals, which if any player in their side that can do that, that is a huge weapon in their arsenal uh, that can go late into September. But I still don't think Hawthorne will get to the finals, but he, he is a player to their future is within like with Sicily. He is an X factor, and there's not many players like him around the league. Uh, my highlight has to be that the uh, the round's over, and that we're two thirds of the way through the buy rounds. That's my <laughs> highlight. And then my highlight I next didn't week. I know he had Nietzsche on the podcast. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting because my highlight next week is going to be the buy rounds are done. <laughs> That should have been my highlight last week. We're a third of the way through. Although uh, a third of the way doesn't feel like it, we're that far through, whereas we are over 50% of the way through. There's only one more week where my survival guide to the buy rounds needs to be used. <laughs> we have gone dark early at AFL by Dummies. Anyways, uh, we're going to roll into what we normally do. So what have you got for Chris? So I've Cruiser. got uh, AFL by Dummies news exclusive this week. Um, Ooh, I ex- always exclusive. love these. Yeah. This is a great news story that I've just found out from multiple sources. Um, it's that Gold Coast will be in the newest season of Stranger Things. That's, yep. the, that's the title. Um, what we can tell you here today, right here, right now, in that they're in preparation for the role, the Gold Coast Football Club have been method acting. Would you believe it? They're no. a method. They're a method actor. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Um, you, you have to be like on the top of the level, like uh, Heath Ledger, to do that. But uh, we have been told that the club is uh, in preparation for the role. They are pretending to be in an alternate dimension to recreate the upside down um, from the show. Yeah. Right unfortunately, their method has creeped into real life. Like a Brendan Favola pressure point, it came out of nowhere. And it seems that Gold Coast have decided that the fourth quarter of every football match is a good time uh, to pretend they're in a different dimension. Yeah. As well as this, there have been uh, rumours of a coaching mutiny. I know so soon, Stuart Jew, less than a season behind. There is a rumour going around that he will be replaced by four-time Oscar winner Daniel Day-Lewis and king of method acting. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that I see it, by 2022, the Suns won't have a premiership. They probably won't even be in the finals, but they'll still have more Oscars than Leonardo DiCaprio. 
well, <laughs> hopefully they're pushed out of this dimension. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we can hope for. The 4DFL, the fourth dimension at Football League. Yeah, exactly. Just Gold Ghost on their own and the Demogorgon from Stranger <laughs> Things playing each other. Exactly. Or what if Gold Coast is the Demogorgon? <laughs> and that's why GW... Uh, yeah, that's why GWS went missing for a few weeks. <laughs> they got taken by the... De- <laughs> exactly. That's where we, we finally cracked it. They went to the upside down and now you got out and Gold Coast got trapped in and never left. Well, who has the superpowers then? <laughs> Tom Lynch, maybe? I don't know. Maybe Gil McLaughlin because he keeps funding <laughs> the dark side. I don't know. Uh, that's something we can figure out another time. But yes, the pieces are coming together, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I can feel this like the map of the, all the tunnels. I can feel this all coming together. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I can't wait for the Da Vinci Code to be cracked by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, good TV show. Hopefully most of our uh, listeners have watched the TV show yeah. so that they understand the references. Otherwise, that was probably a lot of mumble jumble. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm going to move on into an interesting statistic from the weekend. So you talked about James Sicily from mm-hmm. the Hawthorne side. I'm going to talk about Adelaide. So... They were scoreless in the first term on the weekend. <laughs> yep. That is the seventh quarter ever that they've been scoreless in their history. The oh, Adelaide wow. Crows. That's not too bad. Yeah. But, like, it's still really bad not scoring for one quarter. That's unfortunate. Um, considering mm-hmm. you made the grand final last yes, year. Yes, I think that's the, the big thing, the big takeaway from this free fall. And for the game, they scored four goals, eight, 32, which happens to be their third lowest score in their history. <laughs> That's uh, that, that's getting worse. It's getting worse. Now this is the team last year that not only made the grand final but did it on the back of one of the most potent forward lines right, yep. we have ever seen. They averaged a hundred and ten points a game wow. last year. Guess what they're averaging this year? That was during the regular yeah, season. Yeah, the sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guess how much they're averaging so far this year? Ooh, eighty. A little higher, eighty-three. Okay. So they've dropped twenty-seven points. Wow. That's per game. That's a big turnaround in less than a less than a season. Now, a lot of their forward line players are out with injury. Mm-hmm. Rich McGovern, uh, Taylor Walker's been in and out of the side. But, like, you look at, say, West Coast, right? They didn't have Josh Kennedy for the first couple of rounds of the year, and Jack Darling really stood up. Josh Jenkins has not stood up. in. No. Uh, he's played, I think, every game. Yep. And he hasn't stood up in the place of when Tex Walker's been missing yep. or Mitch McGovern's been missing. Uh, they lost Charlie Cameron um, yeah. out of that forward line as well. Eddie Betts hasn't been the same. There's just no one stepping up, and the, I think that's more of a problem with the culture potentially than anything. A lot of uh, rumours circling that it's not quite a, uh, I don't know. Harmonious. Yeah, yeah harmonious yeah, yeah. football club at the moment. But it's interesting as well because that was their first game at the MCG this year. So the last time they played at the MCG, they the got final. thumped on the grand final stage and then they come out and score four goals, 8-32 and essentially write themselves off of not even just top eight, but even having a remote chance of yeah, pushing for the premiership. They're, they're cooked, calling it now. I, I didn't think they... I was one of the few people who didn't put them in their eight at the at the start of the year. Crazy, calling, but a yeah. great call. Um, I, I thought that I thought that Lever and um, Charlie Cameron were too big outs for them. Um, and after their performance at the grand final, 
uh, I didn't I didn't see them coming back with revenge in their sights. So that's why. And then the 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 Mines camp came out and it was absolutely backfired on them completely. So it's just been a horror eight or nine months, yeah. and it's not going to get better until next year. It's maybe time to reset, get their younger players a go because um, they've still got a toughish run home. Mm-hmm. Maybe give it one more loss before they give up completely because they're still they're not broken yet, but it's pretty close to that. So uh, Adelaide. We want better. Actually, I kind of like it that they're not in the eight as a Richmond <laughs> fan. Now, Cruiser, I saw something interesting on the weekend that normally the commentators pick up uh, quite a lot and uh, talk a lot about it way too much, but this time <laughs> so they didn't. Scott Bendelbury's basketball background. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, I don't know, just Cyril going near the ball. Yeah, um, so on the weekend, uh, they oh, who was it that kicked it in? I think it was the Bulldogs kicked it in, mm-hmm. and it was... Uh, Stephen Motlop and uh, Caleb Daniel in a marking contest, just the two of them, and uh, Caleb Daniel outmarked <laughs> Stephen Motlop. Now, Stephen Motlop's had a lot of lows in his life. Yeah. I think that might be up there, but normally, like the commentary team, every time Caleb Daniel even goes near the ball, they're like, oh, look at Caleb Daniel go. Like, And he finally takes the contested mark and no one says anything. <laughs> it's like a, if a tree falls and nobody's there to see it, did it happen? Yeah, but just like completely silent. If if he does something minute, they're all on about him. And then when he takes a contested mark, I don't know. Maybe it's normal for him to take contested marks. Mm-hmm. I don't watch many of the Western Bulldogs <laughs> games for good reason. <laughs> Anyways, so I think that would be one of the most embarrassing uh, moments for Stephen Motlop. And yeah. then I started thinking about my own short and highly uh, fabled. Yep. Definitely highly fabled uh, football career of my own. And I was like, well, what was my most embarrassing moment? Surely it couldn't be worse than that. And uh, it was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. So let's say, uh, I think it was under 11s. Set the scene for us. Yep. So under 11s, it was one of those lightning premierships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, you just play like every other team in the competition Mm -hmm. in like really, I think it's like five minute quarters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you play a whole bunch of games during the day, and it's good fun, actually. Yeah, soccer do it as well in um, goal kick. Yeah, so we were having one of our last games of the day. I wasn't one of our best players at all. (laughs) I wasn't very good at all. Anyways, uh, we broke from the huddle for the start of the game, and then I'm like, oh, I need to go to the toilet, like, quite badly. And even though it's only like... Actually, no, it's I think it's like 10-minute halves, not five-minute quarters. Mm. Anyway, so I was like, oh, I need to go to the toilet. I ran to the toilet quickly, came back on as the ball was just being bounced. So I was on the ground in time. Uh, but I was just told to go there, right? Okay. And I didn't know if I was half forward or half back, right? <laughs> I can um, see where this is going. So I was just told to go there. And I was pointed at, like, the top of the uh, 50 on the edge of the uh, square. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. The ball came out of there and it kind of like skied and I couldn't tell who had kicked it. Yeah. (laughs) So the ball was like coming my way, but I didn't run after it because I didn't know which way we were going. I did not know which end to kick to. Honestly, we... Surely it's something would have we would have talked about. Maybe I didn't listen a lot, but I didn't know which end we were going to. So I kind of just like stood there and watched the ball go and let the other player get to the ball first. And my teammates are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know which way we're going. Which way?" And I asked one of our guys, "Which way are we going?" And he looked at me like I was the biggest idiot you've ever seen. It's like. That way, the way that which the ball had been kicked. So I was at the half-forward flank, and yeah. I really should have got the ball and put us inside 50. But no, I didn't know which way we were going. <laughs> That's such a great story. 
I can I can picture I can picture the ball go up and I can picture it go down and you just watching it. That's oh, so funny. It's like I just didn't know. I and mean, it's like something that you kind of take for granted. But I mean, you see it happen occasionally in the AFL. The man runs the wrong way back on the mark. Yeah, but. Like, I've only seen it a few times where they've kicked the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Motlop's done that too. <laughs> he probably has, to be honest. But unfortunately, I can't. I don't have too many memories of my football uh, career. It was only one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't very good. I played in the forward line for the whole year because I was kind of tall and lanky for my age. Mm-hmm. Played in the forward line for the whole year and scored one behind for the entire year. <laughs> in saying that, we had a lot of hogs in midfield who'd run forward and kick goals. You're like Jack White. <laughs> I'm worse in, than him. <laughs> That's great. Anyways, I'm just wondering, did you have any stories of your so, short-lived AFL career if you I've, had one? I've only ever played Kick, so I'll tell you as a supporter the worst thing that's ever happened. And it wasn't to me. I'm going to throw my brother under the bus. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So it's 2005. As you know, I'm a Sydney Swan supporter. So we're watching the AFL, the 2005 Grand Final, Sydney West Coast, 72-year drought. Uh, in the lead up, we've gone to the parade. We've gone to like the the grand final thing at uh, Fed Square. The whole the whole thing, and now we're at we're at our house. Uh, my mum is at the ground. She was the only one who got a ticket, and the ball is about to bounce. And I'm not making this up. As the ball was bounced, my brother decided he wanted some food, so he goes to the cupboard and gets dried wheat bix because that's what he wanted to eat at that time. And I'm not joking, as the exact time the ball was bounced, he cracks the wheat bix and a tiny speck of wheat bix goes into his eye as the ball is touched by the ruckman. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. Yep. His eye gets properly scratched, yeah, and we're like freaking out. My dad looks at him, he's a doctor, so it's fine. He then proceeds to watch the grand final with one eye. We don't go to hospital. We finish the game and then go to hospital after the game because that's true Australian, right? Yeah. Yeah. We go to the game. They put some eye drops in him. They fix him up and we meet my mum who comes from the ground. <laughs> and that's the worst AFL story. I mean, you're always asking for trouble if you're having wheat bix dry. Wheat bix dry. It's 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 a recipe dangerous. for disaster. It's absolutely dangerous. Even if you don't even crack it in half and try and eat it in a minute, it's still dangerous. Yeah, the only thing dried wheat bix is good for is like we make like some biscuits, some Afghan biscuits. <laughs> and it's like chocolate with like the dried wheat bix in it, and it works really well. It's quite tasty. But that's mm-hmm. the only thing ever I can suggest. Some people put Vegemite on dried nah, wheat bix. Nah. Nah, too too much. <laughs> Anyways, I think we're steering away from being AFL by dummies and rather uh, how to eat Weebix. <laughs> Anyways, what have you got for us now, Cruiser? Um, so I've got a stat for us. I'm going to read out who have the most bounces in the AFL. Do you know who's got number one? I'm just going to throw it out there because I'm pretty confident in this. It's Adam Sard. Yes. Now, the question is, how much is he beating second place? So I'll tell you now, second place is Heath Shaw. What's, yep. what, how, what is the differential between Adam Sard and Heath well, Shaw? Well, how many does Heath Shaw have? Heath Shaw has 28. I reckon Sard's on 62. Okay, a little bit less than that. 51? No. 
40, 42. So almost uh, 14 more. But then it goes down from there. Uh, Billy Hartung's on 26 with the second most. And then there are lots of others in the 20s. Um, highlights include Jack Stephen, Connor McKenna, Devin Smith, and Dusty. Dusty's Dusty's there too. Yep. Which um, I didn't. I watched the game, the Richmond game last uh, on the weekend. Um, lately, he hasn't had space to bounce the ball um, in the past few weeks. He's um, not working hard enough. Yeah. Um, which is uh, interestingly still is still up there, um, and then the, then there are some like arrogant players I would call them like Motlop and Suckling in the just below them on nineteen and eighteen. Yeah, they're the type of players who think they can bounce the ball, but then ultimately can't. Yeah, um, I would call those players, and then rounding it out would be Tom Mitchell and Patrick Dangerfield. Um, are the big inclusions there. I didn't think Tom Mitchell bounces the ball. I thought he was more of an extractor. But I think that shows that he's both inside and outside. Well, when you have 50 disposals in a game, at some point you're bound to find yourself in some space. Yeah, that that's also true. But um, you could also argue that he gets and gives as quick as possible so he gets more possession. So I'm, yep. su- I'm surprised that he doesn't bounce the ball as much. Then there are some forward line. The last play- place is Jade Gresham, and her half forward line bounces the ball a lot. So yep. um, I'm quite surprised at that one too. Well, it's interesting that Adam starts so clearly in front because essentially all he does, he bounces like every five metres. Yes. That, he he literally farms up his stats. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a little unfair. And... I, but he has such a good turn of pace. Like, he just lulls His you. His acceleration is insane. Yeah, you yeah. think you have him covered. He lures you into a false sense of security, and then, bam, <laughs> bam he's gone. Go <laughs> uh, like, there's so not many true. players that can chase him down in the AFL. No, I don't think so. It's uh, it's quite spectacular. Um, yeah, it's a cool stat, Um but just to show how how much ahead he is, the rest of the the pack are all within one or two of each other, and then him at fourteen ahead. He's fifty percent ahead of the yeah. next person. Yeah. Now Chuck Crazer. If you didn't know already, uh, Sean Burgoyne had his three fiftieth on the weekend. Yeah. Appropriately um, nicknamed Silk. Silk. So that's what I'm going to get to. Is he has a one 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 thing nickname Silk. So I've gone to a few of the few people in the AFL who deserve uh, new or improved uh, one person, one name, nicknames. One word nicknames? One word nicknames, yeah. yeah. So I would say that any Adelaide player should be called Hammer or Hammy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really confusing on the field. Yeah. But it would be very true to themselves. Or you could, like, call them Strain. <laughs> and yeah. it's like... It's a new strain of the <laughs> virus or a hamstring. So strain one, strain, strain two. two. <laughs> I'm saying like, that. I like that one. Like that name would take some serious restraint. <laughs> but um. Okay, okay. I'm gonna move on from there. Um, Pat, I would call Patrick Cripp shoulders because he spends most of his time carrying the team. <laughs> yeah. And then I would call any other Carlton player imposter <laughs> because they're AFL imposters or VFL. Um, I would call Josh Kennedy from West Coast Skippy. Yep. Um, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Tom Bug would be aptly named Pest because <laughs> he's a pest. <laughs> That's the double meaning. I like that one. Yep. Then Max Gorn, Moses. Um, <laughs> because he's, but not only because of the beer, but because he splits the Red Sea apart and hand, and give, gives them all the ball. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the only exception for the one one word nickname would be uh, Pendles. I would make it longer. I would just I would just make his name Scott. He has a basketball background, Pendlebury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they do talk about that way too much. And it's okay to do it for the first game of each year. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> we should make commentary rules. Yeah, we should do a guide to how to be a good commentator. Uh, next week, next week. Stay next week, tuned, yeah. Stay we, tuned. I really like that. Uh. Or we should become commentators ourselves and like take over Channel 7. I'm pretty sure we could do a better job. Oh, that's a tough ask. Well, depends Depends who's on Who's on, yeah, the, but, on the night. But like half the time we'd be talking about the game and then half of the time it's just like, oh my God, look at that. Uh, Caleb Daniels taking a contested mark against Stephen Motlop. Chris, what's your most embarrassing <laughs> story? <laughs> we just go into our podcast while the game's going on. Yeah, the game would be our podcast except <laughs> intermittently uh, there would be like, a, oh, look at oh, that. Sydney scored. kicked another goal. <laughs> I like it. I, like I it. think that's more interesting. <laughs> than whatever um, they're they're dealing out to us at, at the moment. Uh, that's not 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 true. <laughs> okay, so what's your stat this week, Jock? Okay, so Western Bulldogs <laughs> not going so well at the moment. No, that would be a true fact. Oh, we'll get to some more true facts later. Yeah, oh, there's a little uh, hint at what's to come. <laughs> Anyways, so this is how bad it went. So. Obviously, they got beaten comfortably by uh, Port Adelaide. It was 57 points in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, Port Adelaide's a good side, so it's not the worst result in the world. But it, it got worse than that. Also, it was a Thursday night game. Like, what? Anyways, AFL scheduling <laughs> still gets me uh, up in arms. So this is the injuries that Western Bulldogs sustained in one game on the weekend. Okay. So... Easternwood. Yep. Serious hamstring injury will probably be out five weeks. Okay. Uh, Lucas Webb, broken thumb. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I didn't know that. Tom Boyd, dislocated finger. Bont, hyperextended knee. Yeah, I saw that. McLean, injured shoulder. Yep. McRae, hamstring. Oh, my. <laughs> if they all happened in this around the same time, they would have less players on the field. This all happened in one game. Yeah, no, but uh, Bob, like Bont didn't go off at the Bont went off, and then they they had the number of players. True. So they, I, I don't think they played with less than eighteen on the field. But they didn't have did they they didn't have a bench at the end of the game, did they? Essentially, yeah. Uh, if you wanted to pick the four players of the Western Bulldogs that you could take out, if you could take any of them out, I would go Easternwood, McLean, McRae, and Bont. Bont. And they all got injured. <laughs> this is so unlucky. But you could, like, the thing is, they had a lot of injuries in their premiership year as well. That was the whole thing about it. JJ goes down, uh, Bob Murphy goes down, who, there was some others. Um, Matty Boyd goes down throughout the year. Yeah. He played the grand final with a broken leg. So uh, there, it, it shouldn't really be an excuse for them if they've won the premiership already with an injury list that long. I think the scary thing was that it was all in one game, though. Yeah, that, like, whoever was the doctor at Western Bulldogs retired on the weekend. <laughs> Just, like, halfway through the game was like, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm out. Done. <laughs> 
<laughs> he actually used to work for Adelaide, right? And he moved to Western Bulldogs and then they started getting injuries. So he's given up on his career Great, altogether. <laughs> he's gone into pottery. Exactly. He's gone completely in the opposite direction. <laughs> Anyways, uh, on the weekend, uh, Richmond came out to play Geelong in yep. a, what was an otherwise pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. At the start of the game, it was very windy yeah. and the conditions were terrible. So I don't know if you saw this, but Richmond couldn't get the banner up. Yes, I did see this. So essentially what Richmond did was they actually just like stepped over, <laughs> stepped on top of and over the banner. Yeah, they were. So they essentially them. stomped on the banner. Yeah. Unfortunately for Geelong, that wasn't the only thing they stomped on that day. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking, right? So like tradition had it like um, when you're standing for the national anthem. Yeah that you would link arms. Mm-hmm. But Adelaide broke that tradition last year and they just stood side by side and just stared down their opponents. Yeah. So, like, the banner is there as, like, a traditional thing. But what mm-hmm. are other things we can do at the start of the game that, you know, get inside opponents' heads? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the stare-off was one of them. Stepping yep. on the banner like you're yep. going to step all over the opposition is another one yep. of them. So what <laughs> other ideas could we come up with uh, to start off the game? So we could... So the Tigers played the Cats on the weekend. You could just put a cat in a cat. This isn't P, This isn't like RSPCA approved, by the way. But you could... I'm not saying we kill the cat. <laughs> but you could just have, like... Even if it was, like, a cartoon. doesn't have to be a real one. Just of a tiger absolutely scaring the living daylights out of a cat. <laughs> I like it. If you want... When Richmond plays Adelaide, you could have, rather than the national anthem at the start of the game, I know they don't do it for home and away mm-hmm. games, but just run with it. Mm-hmm. Rather than the national anthem, you could just have the commentary of uh, Bruce McAvaney going, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> They've won the flag. <laughs> just to get inside the Adelaide players' heads. Yep. <laughs> About the, on the, the infamous camp, they, that's, they just played the Richmond theme song over and over again while blindfolded, apparently. Yeah. So... The, that's already happened. Yeah, well, that was going to be another one mm-hmm. of my uh, ideas. You just do that. You blindfold the opposition and play the your um, theme song. <laughs> that works. Yeah, and it gets inside their head. That one actually has a proven track Proof record. Out. See, we need to give more advantages to the home teams. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no uh, one would MC- ever win at West Coast. The MCG bias right there. <laughs> exactly. No, there's just a few of the ideas I had that, you know, you could do to just change up the start of the game a little bit, you know, break tradition. Uh, <laughs> that's never done bad for any team, not like Adelaide lost on the grand final or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, if you have any uh, few, if you have a few other ideas, you can add them. But I was pretty happy with those. No, they're they're pretty good. Um, I love the one if it's the battle of any birds. So if it's two birds playing off, you just play the game in a lake rather than an oval, and you just play a <laughs> water polo. <laughs> well, you know, some games at junior level were abandoned on the weekend because um, it was that bad the weather on Sunday, and they were playing on a lake. Oh, really? Yeah. And in the VFL, Sandringham, for the first time ever, went goalless in a game. <laughs> That's how wet it was. I just realised they're the Sandringham Dragons. There was a plethora of opportunities for, for that side. Oh, well, they should have done fine then, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, Even they if it was wet. <laughs> Anyways, what have you got for us, Crazer? So, I've got a stat here. So, um, Carlton. Well, the stat writes itself. Yeah. You would think that they're not doing well at the moment, you would say. 
I actually know that, but sure, yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Seven points to halftime. Even if Bolt says at the end of the game we won the second half, I don't think the members would be all right with that. They're probably still trying to burn their memberships as we speak. Yeah. But I'm going to show you something uh, at the moment that would be, uh, if a member found out about this, they would be burning it, then buying a new one, and then burning that one. It's so insane. So are we telling all Carlton fans to turn off right, yep. for the next how many minutes? Five minutes? Yeah, five, five to six minutes. Awesome. Um, so we know that they've won one of their past five. Yeah. Um, but their last 50 games, yeah, 50 games, they have a win-loss percentage of 24%. <laughs> They have won 12 and lost 38 with no wins to one particular side. No, no, no. With uh, only a few draws in the middle of that. But to have an average of 20, win loss average of 24% of your last 50 games, that's showing me that your rebuild is not working. No, like, it's not. Straight up. Um, and I thought that you could you could build your club on two Kernos and Crips, fine, whatever. But if it keeps going like this, they're not only going to be like, have no 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 one will go to their games. They'll have no sponsors because sponsors are directly related to winning percentage. But they're just going to lose a generation of supporters. Yeah, um, that's straight up what it is. Um, their last twenty games, they've lost. Two, so that means one, two. They've won two, so that means if they're... they've lost two, then they're not going to yeah, lose yeah. a generation's supporters. But that that means that they all the games that they've won of their past fifty have been if the fir- in their f- like well before like in their first of their fifty. Games. So their rebuild's going backwards. So their rebuild is going backwards. That was what I was getting at. You're yep. right. Um, they have a winning percentage of the last twenty of ten percent. That's what it comes down to. 10%. That's not acceptable as if a football club. It's, yeah, it's like those jokes that came out of this the, of this week that uh, they're playing a VFL, like we've got an extra VFL team just being played in the AFL. Like it's getting more and more real each week. Each time they pull out a performance like that where they kick seven points, seven behinds in a half and that's it. It's... Is demoralising for Carlton supporters. I must like must be. Well, it was interesting because they actually dropped the prices of for the games on the weekend. <laughs> uh, so general admission dropped a few dollars, which was oh. hilarious considering I talked about it last week. Yes. How open training sessions should should be free. So it was a move <laughs> in the right direction. However, paying fifteen dollars for an open training session is still. I think it's a little too much. Yeah, especially for free. <laughs> yeah, but it was in the right direction. Yeah, in the right direction. But uh, and it wasn't the AFL that reduced the prices. By the way, it was Carlton. It wasn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even Carlton are aware that no one will go at to their least, games. At least they're self-aware. Uh, it's yeah. it's dark. It is a bleak look at the world if you're a Carlton supporter. They got booed at halftime by yeah. their fans. You do not see that too often. No, you don't. You really don't. Uh, it is just oh, I can't even. It's like indescribable. You can't put it into words. As like a Sydney supporter, like it's it's hard to imagine, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, your club's just going to be good for the next fifty years. <laughs> Carlton will make the finals twice. Anyways, we've got 
our last little segment, and mm-hmm. Carissa and I are going to do something different this week. Yeah. So it's not essentially a collab, but we're doing the same thing. So to explain, you've all probably heard of Two Truths, One Lie. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do our take on it, which is Two Lies, One Truth, and we're <laughs> obviously going to be doing it related to AFL1s. Um, allows us to be a bit more creative having two lies, so hopefully it's entertaining for you all out there. Um, yeah. Just to give you all a feel of it, it's going to be like, I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to clarify, Cruiser, there's only one truth in this. Okay. So AFL care about the progress of footy in China. AFL care about the progress of footy in Tasmania. AFL care about scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, then. Um, Did I make it obvious enough? <laughs> I th- uh, I think so. Let's run through it. So, AFL cares about scheduling. There were six Carlton games on a Friday night. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> the AFL isn't care about Tasmania? Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> and then the last one was AFL care about China. I think that one's the true one. How did you get that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Your powers of deduction are getting better and better every week, Cruiser. Oh. So we're going to go one by one. So what have you got for us, Cruiser? So mine one isn't as easy as that, okay? I've I was made... just warming you up. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm um, just preparing you. Now, I will tell you three animals that have been on an AFL pitch. And no, Dusty isn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to tell me which one of these actually happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a horse, an elephant, or a snake. And by snake, I don't mean Michael Talia. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So a snake, a horse, and what was the last one again? An elephant. An elephant? Mm-hmm. So one of those animals was actually on an AFL pitch. Can I go with elephant? Sounds stupid because they're not even native to Australia. I'm well, going the other it. two are native to Australia. You can ask me questions. I'll do my best to throw you off the scent. This is just like, well, the fact that one of these is true is just concerning. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it? If a snake was on a pitch, that's like genuinely like dangerous. Well, uh, they're all pretty dangerous. Um, I mean, what's an elephant gonna do? It's it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, true. Oh, uh, and a ho- if a horse goes wrong, uh, uh, tr- it's only it's only dangerous for the um the person riding it, I guess. Why is someone ri- someone riding the horse? I'm not telling Did you. Did they just get lost? Were they at like Flemington <laughs> and they won the race <laughs> by so much that they're like, oh, let's go to the MCG. <laughs> Nah, pick an animal. Oh, no. The horse was actually Bondempelli galloping across the ground. Wow. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with the elephant, just because that sounds the most stupid of them all, and therefore it must be true. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely correct. What was an elephant doing on the field? So in 1978, at Arden Street, the North Melbourne training ground now, um, in front of 31,424 people uh, in round five, a mini stampede almost occurred from a circus elephant. Um, now I'll show you a gif of the of the elephant there. We should download that and we'll post it on we'll the page. Post, we'll post it on the page after. So that but you can all see that. That's That actually happened, yeah. And I, I planned this one because I knew that that was the thing. But it's it's a classic, absolute classic. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't expect that to be true. One all cruiser. Mm-hmm. So, next one. <laughs> now, this is going to be a bit long-winded. Okay. But we're going to run with it. Okay. So... The 1982 premiership was won by Carlton. This much I can say is true. Mm-hmm. Whether the rest is true is up to you. Okay. Um, so the 1982 premiership was won by Carlton, whose captain's name was actually uh, Carl Spain, right? Okay. Uh, Spain, S-P-A-N-E, by the way. <laughs> um, incidentally, the World Cup that year was held in Spain. Okay. With winner Italy's captain called Carlton Romano. So that's the first one. Second one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Up to you. Uh, second one. No player with the surname U or X, like their surname starting with those two letters, has won a grand final. Okay. And the last one. Melbourne, who had won two premierships in a row comfortably at the time, this is like the early 1900s, um, tried to get their star player and captain, Richard Uruguay, which starts with a U as well. Okay. So, relates to the last one, um, to play the grand final, despite being injured, because he'd missed the last two grand finals as well. Okay. Um, so that he could taste premiership success because he deserved it. However, what ended up happening is Melbourne unexpectedly lost and Uruguay was injured so badly that he never played a game of AFL again. Ooh, okay. Hence hence maybe why there's been no one with the letter U that's won a premiership. Okay, okay. Um, So... Carlton's not a very Italian name. I'm going to start with that. (laughs) So I'm going to take that one out. Yeah? Uh, Fair enough. But if it's true, that's pretty cool. Um, Well, the next one is your ex surname. Ex is pretty uncommon surname, so that's potentially true. Yeah. Um, U's also pretty uncommon. And then the last one, in what year? I was early 1900s. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have any sports science that back then, let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah, no Stephen Dank there. Uh, <laughs> that was probably for the best, Cruiser. The best. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the middle one is the truth. So that no player with surname UX has won a grand, grand final. final. Yes, that is the true one. Oh, too good, too good. I was like, <laughs> well, if that's the true one, let's throw in like a captain that starts with you who didn't win a premiership. And then like, <laughs> ooh, that's interesting. No, well picked out. Two from two for you, Crazy. Yeah. Um, so this one's a little bit more statistical. Um, which team hasn't drawn a game for 10 years? Are yeah. you going to give me... Western Bulldogs, Brisbane or Port Adelaide? So is are they the three options? They're the three options. So Western, West Coast. Western Bulldogs, oh, yeah. Brisbane, Port Adelaide. And one of those teams hasn't drawn for, for 10, 10 years. years. Oh, uh, d- does West Coast... The final wasn't a draw, was it? I'm not saying anything. Like, I don't know. Because there's, like, Port Adelaide would have drawn that game. That's <laughs> a trick. Is it a trick question? I don't think that goes down as a draw, that semi-final last year. That, uh, sorry, the, where was it? The elimination, elimination final. final. It was a draw, but it went to extra time and there was a winner at the end. So I'm going to say that you tried to get me to say Port has drawn when they haven't, which means they haven't had a draw for the last 10 years, so I'm going with Port. No, it was a double bluff. It's Western Bulldogs. Oh, no. <laughs> I got double bluffed. <laughs> That's exactly how you wanted that to go. Yes, absolutely, exactly. Picture perfect. <laughs> to quote the Great Jettis Committee, centimetre perfect. 
Oh, well, i got to get the last round right and yep. have you get it wrong to stand any chance this week. Yeah. So, here goes nothing. So, a team once won the Premiership despite also winning the wooden spoon. Wait, Cut. wait, wait, what? So, a team once won the Premiership despite also winning the wooden spoon. That's one of the options. That's okay, not. Okay, okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not just like telling you the truth and like pick these. By the way, it's this one. Uh, the next one. The wooden spoon was once a sign of being rich. So this is like medieval times. Okay. Was once a sign of being rich, but was often associated with bad luck, as myth had it that those with wooden spoons would be taken at night by a passel by a passel of possums. That's like a group of possums. Okay. Like, herd sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. The collective down, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton once won a premiership with only 20 players on grand final day because the rest of their squad was injured. Okay. Um, let's go through this logically. The Carlton one could be possible, but the fact that you said injured also takes away from the fact because I just, I know that during both world wars there was a shortage of AFL players. Yeah, um, but they just played less teams at the time. Yeah, but but in the, of those teams who did play, they would have had less players. So that's potentially an option. What were the other two? The other two was wooden spoon. The only way that I could see that be possible is if it was the first, the only team in the competition. Right, if they're the only team in the competition, then they automatically win the premiership and lose the wood and get the wooden spoon at the same time because they don't play with anyone. It's not really a competition, then, is it? Yeah. It's... Um, but oh no, 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 not even that. It would be there were two teams in the competition and then they win the. Oh, no, I can't even see that. That can't be true. That can't be true. Uh, what's the middle one again? Uh, this is this is a mouthful. The wooden spoon was a, once a sign of being rich, okay. but was often associated with bad luck, as myth had it that those with wooden spoons would be taken at night by a passel of possums. Nah, that can't be true. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> I'm calling. I'm calling the true question. It's the first one's true. So which one was the that? Premiership and the wooden spoon at the same time. Damn it! Yes. So in the 1916 VFL season. Uh, there was obviously the yeah. First World War was on, so there was only four teams. Picked it! So I picked it. Fitzroy came fourth, but because the finals were first v fourth and yeah. second v third, they won. The, <laughs> so they won the wooden spoon and the premiership. Uh, I'm too good. I would have loved it if you went for my possum one. <laughs> I had so much fun riding that, I'm not going to lie. Okay. That one was good. I like that one. Okay. This one's pretty simple. Who has the best beard in the AFL? Now, there are two correct answers, but think about it yeah, before before you answer, yeah? Nick Vlosten, Josh, Josh Kennedy, Basha Hawley. I will accept two answers as the correct one, but think about it. So Josh Kennedy, West Coast, obviously, Basha Hawley, and Nick Vlosten. Mm-hmm. And Max Gorn didn't make the cut. Damn it. <laughs> Max Gorn did not make the... Max Gorn has the best beard in the AFL. Correct. That's the correct answer. <laughs> I thought I would get you there. <laughs> that's my second answer. Nick Vlaston is the correct answer of those three, but I'm going to accept Max Gorn because that's the real answer. Yeah, Max Gorn is always the real answer, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think I won, though. Did yeah, I win? Yeah. Uh, three out of three for you. Yeah. I obviously need to write... 
Uh, well, try harder as opposed to try and be funny, which I'm probably not anyway. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move into our tipping for the week. Mm-hmm. So what a really bad round this is. So we're just going to absolutely fly through this. West Coast Essendon. West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. points almost, just about, maybe. Did you want to make a decisive nah. decision? <laughs> nah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going for West Coast as well. Okay. Port Adelaide-Melbourne, the only interesting game all round. By the way, another Thursday night game for the buy rounds. I don't mind. mind. I don't mind it, but I heard them talking about it um, on TV the other night, and there were some arguments for and arguments against. So I'm going to pretend you didn't say I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't. For mind the sake it. of our friendship. Okay, we'll, we'll talk. About, we'll talk about it later next week. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Port Adelaide, Melbourne. I'm going Melbourne. I'm going Port. The only difference. Yeah, because I'm yeah. guessing the you're going to go for Hawthorne over Gold Coast. Yep. <laughs> I'm guessing you're going to go for GWS over Brisbane. Yep. <laughs> going to guess you're going to go for North Melbourne over Western Bulldogs. Yep. And I'm going to guess you're going to go for Collingwood over Carlton. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to bother doing my 50-point margin this week, not only because I can't be bothered, but because I think all all, all the games bar <laughs> one will have a 50-point margin <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Richmond's not playing this round, so I've got to find something to do. <laughs> Me too. The Sydney's lost Sydney as a buy as well. At, oh my! We just don't bring <laughs> the show next week. <laughs> We're in mourning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything actually worth talking about next week? Well, maybe we just do soccer by dumps. Yes. <laughs> Football by dummies. There we Football are. Football by dummies. Oh, so good. Actually, I think our friends have already done a podcast called Football <laughs> by Dummies, so I don't think we'll call it Football by Dummies because I think that would be a little unfair to them. <laughs> Anyways, thanks to everyone who listened this week. I hope you had a good time. Uh, Cruiser, I had some good fun today. Was, yeah, was we actually it. made something out of a round of only six games. Yeah, so. I know. That's pretty good effort. Yeah, I, I know. I'm pretty impressed with us. I think us. That's, that's a better effort than Carlton's performance. <laughs> Anything's week. a better effort than Carlton's performance on the weekend. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so true. See, there's Frio's uh, <laughs> non-hush money, money in action much. again. We had to bookend the show sure. with it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're obviously on Facebook, so like the page for all the updates there. And we're on iTunes, so we post weekly, generally around Wednesday. So if you miss some of it today, you can catch us there. From myself, Chuck and Kreezer, have a really nice afternoon, everyone.